So here's the thing, entrepreneurs, leaders, salespeople, we all wanna create consistent, repeatable, and scalable ways to grow our business and our income. And we wanna do it better, faster, and more seamlessly. Why? So we can actually enjoy our lives, take vacations, and spend the quality time we want with the people that we love. How do we do all this without spending a fortune or running ourselves ragged? That's the big question, and this show is dedicated to the answer. Hey, everybody. Welcome to This Week in Housing. I'm getting on a little early, as always. It's 12.57 here in the West. Uh, super excited to share with you guys. We've got a great show planned. We're going to go for about 45 minutes. we got a lot of ground to cover. And I will tell you, uh, as a bunch of people are jumping on, the most important thing is going to be at the very end where we talk about the go forward plan. It's the, it's the mindset I think so many people have today, which is, okay, it is what it is. We know what's going on. Now, what's going to happen to housing? What's the recovery plan look like? So we're going to go through that in depth. We've got a lot of slides and a lot of ground to cover. Um, but while I'm waiting, just so I can see a whole bunch of people jumping on. Hey, good to see you as well. What's up, Jeff Jones? Uh, Denise in the house. Do put a comment in. Let me know who you are, where you're from, where you're at. I see Matt Davies. Welcome, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Um, I would ask also for everybody that's jumping on early, Thank you. I love that you're early birds. What's up, John Mangus, one of the great broker owner leaders of our industry. Always appreciate you, my friend. Hello, Vanessa, coming in from the French Riviera. Thank you always. Love it, love it, love it. I hope you're having a beautiful day, or I guess I'd say a beautiful evening there now. Um, so as you're jumping on, uh, I want to make a request. What's up, CDM in the house? I saw you. Yes, Huntsville, Alabama. We got people coming in from everywhere, Naples, Florida. We got Boston in the house. Boston, you know I got family from Revia. Yes, the original, the original first beach of the US. So we got a bunch of us jumping on the line. I have a request. Um, who do you know right now in the real estate industry that has been, dare I say, in their head? Dare I say stuck? Dare I say struggling to move forward? Do me a favor and tag them in a post right now. I think the more agents we, let me restate this, I don't think, I know the more agents we engage with, the more agents that get out of the funk, out of their head and back to solving the crisis, which is helping more people get their homes on the market so we can sell them, the faster all of us move through this. And you're going to see and hear more about that today. So tag a couple friends that need to be a part of this, get their butts on the show. Let's get them out of their house and let's get them into action, right? That's absolutely what this is about. So it's about, uh, looks like 46 seconds until it's one o'clock here in the West. Um, I want to remind everybody before we jump into the show, as always, if you got a question, you can, uh, you can hit me up. I've got my phone here ready to go. So I'll be looking for questions. You can uh, just put it right inside the comments and we'll make sure we cover that. Now, and as someone immediately texts me a question, I'm not going to look at that yet. That's always fun. Can I just text you, Tom, instead? All right. Excuse my slightly uh, goofiness. It's been a day of Zoom, as it's probably been for most of us, nine or 10 weeks of Zooming along, right? Facebook Live, Google, and everything else we're doing. I want to start by making some comments. The, the thing that I noticed when I was listening to coaches, when I was listening to clients, when I was having conversations with CEOs, with brand new agents, with people that are, you know, that are moving forward powerfully, as many of us are right now, the thing that I keep writing down is drama or data. 
drama or data? And even though today we're going to talk about, you know, the realities of the U.S. market and the unemployment rates, and we're also going to talk about the economic recovery plan and what you need to know and what you need to say and what you need to do to continue to be the knowledge broker. The thing I want to stress to you is this. It's how you feel on the inside. Think about this. How you feel on the inside. When you get squeezed, what comes out? When you get squeezed by a buyer who says, I think I'm going to pass. When you get squeezed by a seller who says, but I really need to get this much and you know it really is only going to be able to sell at this price. When you get squeezed by you know, someone that you, you know, you're walking by and your mask was crooked, they said, put your mask on and you felt mask shamed, which seems to be happening these days. When you feel these moments, what comes out? What comes out? The thing that I'm super mindful of right now is drama versus data. One of those two is controlling how you feel and one of those two is controlling ultimately your mindset. And what we know is your mindset is simply your view of the world, but it also impacts the actions you take or don't take. So I wanna challenge all of you today before we bring in our panelists and, and get into all the slides and get into all the data. I wanna challenge you, ready? If you're allowing the headlines, the drama, the upset customer, you know, the, you know, the angry seller, you know, the buyer that's upset or is ghosting you or another agent that razzes you because you're working, right? How dare you be working right now? When all those things happen, do you lean back on the headlines of the day or do you go back to the data of the day? To me, I'm stressing to all my clients, you need to be looking at the MLS twice a day. Now, I know for my friend who, who piped in from the French Riviera, you're going to have to sort through you know, your data separately. How many new listings? How many new sales? What's the average days on market? Right? How many pendings? What are the closings looking like? What are the average sales prices looking like? The thing that I want to stress to you is inside the data, we create certainty. Inside the data, we create certainty, unknowing that prices aren't plummeting. In a show I was doing earlier, I was being interviewed by a guy up in, um, I want to say East Washington, right? Tacoma, no, I think that's South. And he mentioned to me, you know, well, here in my market, and then of course, Kelsey, who's one of my videographers said, hey, I'm from that town. And guess what? Her mother, she works for me. And her mother said, well, honey, you know that house, houses are, the prices are dropping by 20%. Once again, here's a person who owns a house who's completely uninformed, doesn't have the data, is headline reading, or worse, talking to someone, not you, a professional, and that's how they're getting their advice on what's happening in real estate. Steve Harney was famous for saying years ago, we've got to control the narrative. Are you looking at the MLS on a daily basis? The second one is, are you continuing to look at showing time? Showingtime.com on a daily basis to know what's happening since March 10th as things you know, plummeted down and then where it is today. But another one that maybe perhaps you're not paying attention to, and I, I challenge you to do it. When was the last time you looked at Google Trends? You know, starting back in 2004, Google started to show us, here are the trending topics, and then giving us the, the sort of quantitative view, the numbers, if you will, of how many people are searching for this. So as I'm, you know, zooming around the country and around the world, if I was in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, I'm going to go right into Google Trends, right? Just Google Trends and it'll be that one. And it'll say, what are you looking for? And I'll say, homes for sale in Toronto, homes for sale in the GTA, homes for sale in Ottawa. And you type it in and you could literally say, I want to know right now, 
the last hour, the last four hours, today, the last week, or in many cases, I'll go all the way back to 2004. And you know what that looks like? A trend line like this. See, when I see the amount of people that are going to Google right now searching for a home, I get a tremendous amount of certainty, of confidence. When I see showing time, when I see the MLS, and my goodness, when I look at the interest rates, I think to myself, my goodness, we need to be making phone calls, shooting videos, doing Zoom sessions, having as many appointments as we can, because the vast majority of people, they're confused. They're like Kelsey's mom, one of my you know, producers of our show, who thinks the whole world is falling apart and housing is a disaster. Now we know why, because we've been talking about it every week. They still look back at 2007, eight, nine, 10 and say, this equals that. We know different, but in the US with 330 million people, with 7.5 billion people around the world, the vast majority of people are still confused. So today we want to clear up the balance of unemployment, then we're gonna talk about economic recovery, and then we're gonna talk about the road forward, right? The housing recovery, the, the boom that is already beginning, and ultimately what you can do about it. So, so I'm just curious in the comments really fast. I see a whole bunch of you out there and I see people writing all kinds of stuff. I just posted a video today on YouTube talking about unemployment and equity, and someone started drama content, right? A realtor, of course, will say these kinds of things, yes, Marianne, the reality is there's always going to be negative Nellies and we're talking about online. Let's be really clear when it comes to, you know, anonymous people writing reviews and saying things that, that want to stimulate that negativity. It's okay. Let me give you a heads up. The good news is if it's happening on Facebook or Instagram or YouTube or Twitter, it also increases the algorithm, which means more people will see it. So just be mindful. Be mindful in your comments. Hey, I totally appreciate your point of view. I understand how you feel. I'm simply looking at the data. And as a professional, I try and remove the emotional side and just look at the math side. Probably just like a doctor. You don't want your doctor saying, okay, this is what I feel we should do. You want them to have a knowing. And that's how I operate my business. So being, being polite, but also you know, not backing down. All right. We'll do a whole bunch of that more, but let's bring in our guest. So, Trista, let's switch it over. Uh, Mr. David Childers in the house. You know, David, you keep this up, and Steve just might lose his title <laughs> as of the Oracle. I mean, I'm getting I don't know about more requests of, you know, David, David, <laughs> right? The, the man with the world-famous slides. So, Steve, sorry, my longtime friend. I'm not trying to take your thunder away. Uh, but, you know, David is doing a heck of a great job, and I know you're super proud as well. So, Gentlemen, happy Friday. Thank you for being on the show again today. Thank you, Tom. It's, it's fun to be here. And, you know, for us on the East Coast to kind of wrap the, the week this way, and we talked about it, you know, um, the, you know, whatever week this is, seven or eight, or I, I've lost count. It's, it's been fun. And, and to your point, to come in and talk about what is the data of the market. So, as always, thank you for, for inviting me. And, uh, and, and it's been, been fun to, to do this each week. I, I agree. Steve, you got any just uh, opening hellos and thoughts? No, I just want to say hello to everyone. I love the way you started it. You know, uh, there are going to be some people out there that don't understand, and they're going to, people who don't really understand the data or don't know, kind of shifted and controlled by the people that are most negative because they usually have the loudest voices. So I love the advice you gave there. Don't be rude. Don't be crazy. Uh, the only thing I might add to that is, you know, well, I'm backing my stuff up on this, this report and that report. Could you please you know, let me know? 
you know, what data you're using, what reports you're looking at that tell you something different. Because I will tell you that, you know, if you think you've gotten people come at you be, because you, they think you're too optimistic, I've had that for, for, for three months now. Um, and the funny thing is, as things are starting to turn out kind of the way exactly the way we said they were going to turn out, you know, those people quiet up. But during that, that, that three months, uh, all I would ask them is, say, hey, listen, I want to know everything. So whatever report you're looking at, whatever data you're looking at that's telling you something else is different, then please get that to me immediately so I can report on that. And yes. usually what you find is exactly what you said. Well, I just got this gut feeling. Well, you know, that's nice that you have a gut feeling. I have a gut feeling too, but that's not what I depend on. And that's not what I report on. Yeah. So the, uh, I love that. And as far as David is concerned, I guess it's my time to, to realize like every ball player has to understand well, there's young guys coming up in the team and, the, and they're going to be the next year's superstar type of thing. And, uh, but I will tell you, I'll play him one-on-one -on -one until that time comes. I'll do my best to try to, you know, make sure that he's really honed real, real well. So that uh, when he does officially take over, which might be sooner than later, because he is doing a phenomenal, fabulous job, uh, that he's, you know, doing whatever he can. Now, I, we've mentioned this at the very early, and then we'll get started. Dave's been the brains behind the operations going all the way back to 2008. He's been a per person whispering in my ear, yep. telling me, well, think about this, think about that. KCM was just lucky enough to you know, have him bring him on board a couple of years back. Uh, so now he's sitting right next to me virtually. He's sitting right next to me, you know, helping me with that, not on the phone from far away. And uh, so we're not losing anything. Uh, if anything, uh, I, I'm really appreciative, almost like a father to a son, seeing a guy step up and really prove how how smart he really is, you know, visually. So yeah, I was kind of like uh, the Wizard of Oz. I, I was behind the curtain. David was really the brains all along, so. Love it. Well, thank you guys. And, uh, and David, lots of love here for you, my friend. So I want to give everybody a heads up. Uh, starting today, we're now only going to do the show every other week. And I can already see, because I was reading the comments, and people like, this is the most important thing for me every single week. And we, we appreciate that. We're also mindful that, you know, we think an every other week giving you kind of two weeks of ammunition, right? To go out, shoot your shows, create your content. By the way, um, big shout out to you guys. Everyone out there watching, if you're a KCM member already, uh, they just announced the social strategy where now you basically get your logo, your contact information, right? Maybe in your color scheme, Every one of these slides now available, like perfect for Instagram and for LinkedIn and for Facebook, which, you know, when you guys made that announcement, I was like, I thought you guys already have that. So <laughs> huge, huge congrats. And I know that's just going to blow up for people. So just being clear, we're going to do it every other week. So nothing next week, but then the following week we'll be back. And we think, give me, I know, look at, no, I know we apologize, but listen, listen, we give you two weeks, then you can really get active use the information, share a ton, come back again in two weeks, and we're going to continue to do the same. So, David, speaking of, everybody wants to know really fast. Let's get through unemployment so people yep. understand what's going on. I know there's, dare I say, maybe a controversial quote that I saw when I was looking at the slides, and I don't mean that to be anything other than maybe just my own interpretation of it. Okay. But then we're going to get into the economic recovery, and then we're going to talk about the housing recovery, and we only got call it, you know, 40 minutes to do it. So bring up the slides and talk just about what's happening right now with unemployment. 
Okay, let's get started there. So um, this, this question of unemployment still, uh, you know, still around. It's going to be around for a while. A lot of headlines, a lot of things happening that we want to we want to stay on top of. And, and, and I think like you said last week, Tom, you made a great point. Let's use this time to, to, to really establish what is going on to establish our narrative. You know, before I hop into this Ben Bernanke quote, the Wall Street Journal came out and said today, or I mean, not today, this week, how do you establish truth? You establish truth by layering fact upon fact upon fact. And that's what we're gonna, we're gonna do over the next few minutes as we look at these topics that you just mentioned. So let's start with unemployment. Uh, I pulled this out of a, a Wall Street Journal article that quoted Ben Bernanke and he said, I don't find comparing the current downturn with the Great Depression to be very helpful. Side note, we know a lot of people are doing that. But here's the important part. The expected duration is much less and the causes are very different. Let's always remember that. Duration, we've talked about depth of, of unemployment and length of unemployment. And, and we're gonna go back through that just uh, today as well. But let's also remember we're dealing with an external health crisis, not an internal you know, crisis in business. But, but, but there are questions to be answered in business. I'm not, I'm not saying there aren't. Um, let's hop over here to, to a quick, a uh, quote from an economist in the Wall Street Journal it says, news stories often describe the coronavirus-induced global economic downturn as the worst since the Great Depression. This is likely to be literally true, yet for many, the comparison does more to terrify than clarify. So Tom, you mentioned the example of uh, of, uh, you know, the, 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 the lady in uh, Washington, I think, who was saying, you know, home prices are going to drop. Well, there's, there's a reason for that. It's because it's what's being told to people. They're, they're using, um, you know, headlines in this case to terrify people in some, in some instances. And our job is to clarify and really drive home clarity to that point. So in that, let's do a quick comparison. We've got some new graphics here for you. Um, clarifying unemployment to the Great Depression. This gives you a four-year look at projections. So these are actual during the um, uh, during the, the Great Depression actual unemployment rates as compared to projections from Goldman Sachs. Now, what we know right now, actually, we talked about it last week when the unemployment report came, report came out. We shot up to 4.7% unemployment. We were at 4.4 a month ago, and we're expected to, to shoot up even higher uh, next month. Let's not be surprised by that. But then as we look forward, this trend down, we've even got an update there, considerably different than what we saw in the Great Depression. So while, while families and individuals are impacted, and we're gonna talk about those people, it's not to the degree of um of unemployment now the, the david, quick I gotta, thing to david go ahead. I, gotta, I gotta jump in so yeah I'm a part of a, a part of a, a group of ceos right that are across multiple you know restaurants hotels mm -hmm. insurance real estate you know all the above and i started asking him this i i showed them last week's version of this slide and i said is that how you feel and most of them said to me and i want your feedback on this they said nah, you got a presidential election right like 70 percent of them said i'd hire everybody back on tuesday if i felt we were just going to go back and do it but i'm kind of so i mean i'm even looking at these projections and i'm wondering how much of that is is people not wanting to be wrong 
So they're mm. playing it safe. Sure. It's so funny, I, I, can I jump in there, David, for a second? Yeah. It's funny you should say that, Tom, because here's an interesting thing. This is the Goldman Sachs projections, and the reason we have the Goldman Sachs projections is they'll go out further out. Yeah. And they have upticked their projections, meaning, and we'll get to that in a slide in a second, meaning they think it's going to be a little bit longer. But yeah. David's about to show you a slide in the second session when we talk about the recovery. Goldman also came out in the same exact report saying that now they're more confident there's going to be a V recovery. It's going to come back quicker than yeah. they originally do. And now that we're opening up the states. So the, the report said, well, you know, the, we think the economy is going to come back quicker. It's going to be a stronger comeback than we originally thought. But we think unemployment is going to last longer. You know, and I was like, wait a second, that's a contradiction. And another report that came out the next day from Goldman Sachs said 75% of all the people that are unemployed. Now, you have to remember that's 15% of the people entirely. 75% of that will be back in 90 days. So I'm saying, wait a second, they're actually contradicting themselves in their own reports. So I think that you are right on that. I think their projections on when the economy is coming back is very, very strong. But I think they're very, very leery about talking about uh, when all the jobs are going to come back. Yeah. Because there are some jobs, uh, maybe on the lower end, that they're not 100% sure of. Yeah. So uh, lower end as far as uh, income is concerned. But I love the fact you brought that up because I kind of feel the same exact way. They're kind of covering their butt on the unemployment rate, even though they're getting more optimistic about when right. the economy is coming back. 100%. 100% yes. Because everyone I'm talking to is, look, everyone at this point has, like, I know we're going to talk about it. The housing recovery is really like, you know, the road forward, the, the positive right. path forward. And, and I don't, I don't want to make that sound like it's overly optimistic because there's going to be challenges along the way, but there always is. But there's a clear path forward. And that was the feedback I got from all the CEOs I'm talking to, right? They, they figured it out. They want to grow again. So I, I look at these numbers and I, I can't help but hallucinate based on all the things that I'm reading that it's going to be way better than that. Yeah, I think the, the you know, let's keep a couple things in mind. These are annualized numbers during the Great Depression. They're annualized yes. projections. We know we started out the year, uh, you know, lower in unemployment. We're shooting up here. And, and that optimism that in 60, 90 days, as jobs come back, that that number will begin to fall. So what we're, what we're trying to look at is to say, okay, what will the actual unemployment be here this year? So I think that's the question, Tom, that, that a lot of us have. And, and, and our team will stay on top of that to bring that as we have those, um, those projections. So, so let's, let, let's kind of go back and let's review a couple of things as well as we have this conversation. The first is this look, we do it each week, you know, as we talk about unemployment, is the weekly filings. This past week, which ended the week of May 9th, came in at 2 point, and it was actually 2.98, almost 3 uh, million jobs lost, significant number of jobs, but again, not 6.9 or 6.6 .6, uh, million. We've seen this steady de decrease. We hope that you know, next week it's even lower and we just continue this trend until we can get back into, you know, folks coming back to work. And so uh, important to keep that in mind, just, just the numbers still staggering. And that's where some of these headlines are generated from uh, and, and accurately so because we've seen so much in the last eight weeks of people filing for unemployment. 
I'll remind you as well, uh, we, we talked about the breakdown last week, and, and I'm not going to go back through this again, but, but remember that the, the predominance of unemployment right now in this latest um, uh, unemployment report, which was for April, remember we reviewed uh, March prior to that, we saw the, you know, the restaurant business dominate that one as well, and here almost 40% are servers and bartenders. I want to talk just a little bit about that because First American came out uh, and, and responded to this. And, and here's what uh, the chief economist at First American is saying. Our analysis shows that the nature of this service sector driven recession, what we just talked about, is unlikely to result in one to one decline in homeownership demand because those being impacted disproportionately by this recession are much less likely to have been in the house hunting, have been house hunting in the first place. So I, I think that's something that maybe, maybe we thought or, or, or didn't even want to say, you know, because these are, these are families, these are individuals, and we certainly want to show care for that and help them any way we can. The likelihood is also that they weren't house hunting uh, in, in, in that time uh, as well. So keeping that perspective about what is, driving unemployment, how that impacts our business. No doubt people beyond that, that our house hunting are going to be uh, affected, but really the, the, the driver of this downturn right now, we know is the areas of what we'll call consumer discretionary spending, restaurants, entertainment, things that you know, we, we, we can't gather and go do. And then I wanna bring something in as well from First American. And it's the job loss broken down by income. And you can see here, 40% of the job loss are for people that are making less than $40,000 a year. You see uh, 20% being between forty dollars and $100,000 per year, or households, I should say. I misspoke there. And then 13% um, that are you know, greater than $100,000 in household income. So predominantly, on uh, just like uh, what was said before by the economist, job loss being heavier, uh, much more weighted on the lower end of income earners and, and, and really putting that into perspective as we look at, at housing and demand for housing right now. And, and the so, other thing we wanna say on this slide, this particular slide is, that's a percentage of households that had at least one job loss. Mm -hmm. That didn't mean they lost all their income. It means that somebody in the household lost that income. So I think that what this graph definitely shows you, and this is only for March, because that's the latest data that the Fed had. This actually was a report yesterday from the Wall Street Journal. But what they're showing is that a lot of people in the lower end, because we have to remember some of the people that lost their job were 16-year-old kids working at McDonald's. They're in the unemployment ranks, but they were never going to buy a house. And again, I'm not diminishing the pain or the, the challenges that people have uh, because of the unemployment. Though it is interesting, it is interesting that actually people's savings have actually increased over the last three months. So it, it, it's like they're, they're not suffering as much. The, the number of people paying their rent actually as a percentage went up in April for April's rent versus March. All right. So what we're seeing is people are, didn't get because of all the stimulus the government is doing, because of uh, all the help that's being uh, given there, the fact that they're home not spending as much money, actually people's savings have, have grown and they're getting back to paying their bills. So I'm 
I'm feeling pretty good about that part of it, especially when we look at this, as far as the unemployment rate and how it's going to impact housing, it's not going to be as dear as it's going to impact other things. And that kind of leads us into the next slide, David, if you don't mind. Yeah, take Yeah, before you do, fellas, I just want to make a comment to everybody. David, I think it'd be interesting if we went back, you don't have to do it now, but if you went back the, to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, maybe in two weeks, you can give us a side-by-side -side comparison of new jobs hired. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, I'm sitting across from Tristan, who, you know, I was, he's worked with me for, you know, a couple of years. I was the officiant at he and his lovely wife's wedding. When all this went down, his lovely wife lost her job. Well, guess what? Did she start her new job yet? Next Monday. She starts next Monday, right? So, so I know, as many of you know, a lot of people got cut, but a lot of people have also gotten jobs again. Hey, it's Tom Ferry. Question, what's your favorite social media platform? Are you big on Insta? Do you love to tweet? No matter where you answer, I'd love for you to connect with me there. All you gotta do is just type in at Tom Ferry and follow and let's you and I connect. I wanna be able to deliver the right content, the right ideas, the ways to help you grow your business, stay fired up, keep moving, be in action and run plays that work in the platform that matters most to you. So subscribe and I'll see you there soon. Yeah. I think it's important that even if that number is small, that we show that to give people a frame of reference that it isn't just my company. We're trying to hire like seven positions right now. Like it's, right. you know, there, there are companies that are hiring, but here's the second thing. When I see that 37.6, what if I told you that two of my clients and I'm listening to, I'm talking to all of my team leaders and broker owners right now, two of them have gone out publicly and said, if you were in the service industry and you lost your job, I invite you to come join us in real estate. And two of them, one guys, Dan Forsman, CEO of you know, Berkshire Hathaway, Georgia property said, we will give 400 sponsorships to get servers licensed in real estate, right? Like they're doing their part to make a difference. I would ask all of you that are watching this, what can you do? What can you do to help make a difference, right? So guys, I know I just wanted to share those two things. Let's get back into the slides. Yeah, let's, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll work on that, Tom, and, and bring what we can to that. And Steve, I'll turn it back over to you to kind of go back over that slide we talked about before, the depth versus uh, sure. length. But going back to Tom's point, and I don't want to you to quote this figure because it's coming off the top of my head, uh, and I'm not exactly sure of it, but uh, 36 million people have lost their jobs over that last slide that David showed you where it's going down, you know, 6.9 all the way down to, 2.9 last week, uh, 36 million people. But to Tom's point, I think I remember it's either 22, well, let's do the, the reverse of it. 36 million lost their job and it's either 12 or 14 million have started a new job of that 36. So really that number is much, much lower than the 36 million that the newspapers are reporting because a whole bunch of people have just got their job and it's like one third of them have gotten a job already. So I think that Tom's right. But understand that when we're, we're doing our reporting, what we try to do and what Dave's really, really good at is saying, all right, let's look at the worst case scenario. If the worst case scenario we can live with, then anything else we can live with. Where if yeah. we go to the best case scenario and, and try to be Pollyanna, which some people accuse us of, if we go to the best case scenario, then it's like, well, you're, you're cherry picking your data. So we want to give you the worst case scenario and say, listen, if we can live with this, whatever's going to happen, we're going to live, be able to live with that. 
So let me give you an example. I'm going to go back again to what Tom said. The red line there dramatically dropped lower because we, Goldman Sachs had originally projected that next month the unemployment rate was going to be 15.6%. And just two days ago, they said, no, it's going to be 25% next month. So don't be, we will give you the warning as that day gets close, or I think it's April 3rd or something like that. I mean, uh, June 3rd or something like that. David probably knows already. But the, uh, we'll give you a warning that this headline is going to come out. Don't get crazed about it because we already know what's going to happen. Those people are already laid off. So I don't think it's news. It's not news. But we went to the worst case scenario of all the people doing projections. This is the worst that can happen. All right. And what we're seeing here is that if we compare it to both the, the length of time it took from the Great Recession to get back and for, for the Great Depression, most definitely, uh, we can see that it's a much shorter period of time. All right, it will probably be in the fourth year that we hit previous unemployment, that 3.54% that we had before this. But I also agree with Tom that you have to, when things aren't so bad, it's easier for somebody to give a rosier projection we're in the darkest of dark right now. Next month is going to be the worst unemployment number we've seen since the Great Depression. But understand that's a one-month number. And Goldman Sachs projected four years out during the darkest of all times. I think as, as, we, keep, as we move down the line, like by the end of this year, they think the annual unemployment rate will be less than 10% or just about 10%, not 25%. And I'll guarantee you that their projections going forward all, all go down also. So this line will constrict and it won't take four years, it'll take two or three years for us to get back to that. And we'll be almost 100% back to begin with. But again, if we're starting at 10% at the end of this year, that means 90% of the people still have their job. And the 10% that don't are skewed very heavily to a client we wouldn't have anyway. So we'll take their time and, and we have to have strong feelings for those people and, and make sure that we make sure that those people are okay. And the government is doing a phenomenal job of that. All right, phenomenal job of that. But I think that in the darkest of times is when they're making the projections. So I think they're gonna be the darkest of projections. So I think that in reality, if we could give you different major projections that are much better than these. But again, what we like to do, especially here, here's the worst that could happen to us. The worst. <laughs> if we can get through that, then we know we're going to be okay. Because it's probably going to be not that bad, as we're, yeah. we're, as we're saying. But I'd rather do that, especially if you're going to use this uh, on a, a video. Because you don't want somebody coming back at you and saying, well, Goldman Sachs says it's going to be 25%. We already went to the worst. We want people saying, well, you know what? The, the, the uh, CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, says it's really only going to wind up to be like 16%. All right? We want them arguing it's going to be less than what we're saying. Not that it's going to be more than what we're saying. Because, again, it doesn't look like we're cherry-picking that. But even in the worst case scenario, getting back to this, it's going to be shorter and it's going to be less. We have to get through next month. After next month, every month after that, it's going to get better and better and better and better and better. And all of a sudden, you're going to see everybody calm down and move those projections lower and lower and lower for unemployment in the future.
I appreciate that, Steve. And I think that's a nice segue for us because really, you know, David, so much of what we want to talk about today is the economic recovery, yeah. right? And then the housing recovery. Yeah. But I want to ask everybody really quick. We got a lot of you out there. I'm curious, can I see in the comments uh, either what slide stands out for you this week or are you sharing these slides, whether it's in video or social or email? You know, how are you using these slides? Give us some feedback. I want to know that as well. So, so give us that in the comments and then David, let's transition to the economy and what people yeah. can count on and expect moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. So let's, let's turn that corner, Tom. You and I talked about this earlier today. You know, let's be educated about what's happening, but let's really start to look. And, and I think it's where a lot of people want to look right now is what's ahead of us. You know, what, what's, what's coming up. So I want to talk about that relative to the economy and then let's let's talk about housing and the economy related to that so we've got an update here uh, you've seen this slide before if you've been with us um, it's what major financial institutions are calling for and it's a second half recovery meaning second half of this year and and we've added uh, bank of america to these projections this week so I'll go back and just, just do a quick bit of recap. The first quarter came in at negative 4.8% GDP constriction in the economy. Business is slowing down. We're expecting the second quarter that we're in to be down significantly and all major financial institutions agree on that. And then as we turn the corner to the second half of the year and look forward, um, in this case, four out of five major financial institutions are saying we're gonna see positive economic act activity. And then five out of five are saying uh, by the, the fourth quarter, we're going to see positive economic activity. It's interesting here. Uh, I'll, uh, if you remember, Wells Fargo was saying, hey, third quarter, we think we're going to be negative. Now they've switched to, to positive. Wells Fargo is still saying we see a little bit of constriction there. Was somebody saying something? I didn't know if you were going to hop in. Sorry. Go ahead, David. I was just acknowledging. I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because that was the first thing that caught my eye was Wells was really negative on the third quarter and now they've changed their, they changed yeah. their tone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and we see all, all, all five being positive on the fourth quarter. So, you know, really this, let's look to the, to the second uh, half of the year. Steve mentioned, you know, the information out there right now and, and talking about What's going to happen with unemployment? Some fear uh, out there that, that that's with unemployment. Well, let's talk economically. And this is um, from Morgan Stanley, the chief investment author, officer. And Lisa says, we believe that the U.S. economy is set for a U-shape or a V-shape recovery where economic activity will bottom perhaps very soon and then recover steadily. So, we talked about the, you know, the pause in the economy. We were shooting down. And then as we begin to bring businesses back online, as people, like you mentioned, Tom, begin to get uh, employment, get another job, we, we start to recover. We start to return to what people you know, want in this country, I believe, in you know, economic activity. And, and I want to bring in another quote. No, from well, David, before you go, go there, ahead, let me just go back to that. Yeah. Remember, 30 days ago, ladies and matter of fact, go back one more slide to the, the recovery thing. Because David brings up a good point. All of a sudden, we have Wells Fargo going, no, this is going to happen sooner than we thought it was going to happen. And even yeah. if you look at Bank of America, new to the survey, they just started doing the projections further out. They didn't think much of the third quarter, but look what they think in the fourth quarter. Right. That we're going to blow it away. And the other thing that you might not know just looking at it, but you can do it comparing the Goldman Sachs number in, this, in the third quarter skyrocketed. 
So people are doubling down now. And now we can go to the next quote, you know, that first quote here up front. Do you remember just 30 days ago, they're going, no, it's not going to be a V shape. It's going to be a U or worse than that. And now they're starting to backtrack. Well, we said it was going to be a U, but maybe it is going to be a V. So there's, there's, there's almost a doubling down. Now, the one word that really is kind of winning over, and I don't want anyone to say that, well, Steve, you're saying it's going to be V, and a lot of people are saying it's going to be a swoosh, the Nike swoosh. Ladies and gentlemen, understand the Nike swoosh is a V-shaped recovery. 60 days ago, the term Nike swoosh recovery didn't even exist. They made that up in the middle of this because what they were saying, what they were trying to communicate, and, and properly, it's not going to be like it's going to hit the ground and come right back up. It's going to take a little bit longer, third, fourth quarter. Some think even the first quarter of next year. But understand that that's different than an L-shaped recovery that hits the bottom and stays there for a couple of years. Even a Swiss recovery is a V, just a little bit elongated. And again, if they wanted to use that 60 days ago or before the pandemic, people say, what are you talking about? There's no such thing. So they're inventing things to say, it's going to be a V, but a little bit elongated V. And now we're seeing people double back down on, you know what? We said it was going to be you, not a V 30 days ago. Now we think it's, now we again think it might be a V. Right. So I think we're seeing that the American people are out, they're about, forget about where we stand politically on the, that issue, but the bars are full, the restaurants are it's getting a little... If anything, now we're worried that there's too many people out. 30 days ago, we were afraid no one was going to come out. <laughs> right. So they opened the beaches in anywhere in Florida, and Florida's had a great record. They opened up, the, as far as the, uh, coronavirus is concerned, they opened up the beaches there. Everyone floated to the beaches. Now, again, I don't care where you stand politically on that, and you shouldn't care where I stand politically on that. That's a different aspect of it. The question we're answering is, when they allow people out of their houses, will they come out? 30 days ago, there was a big question mark about that. Yeah. There's less and less of a question mark about that as days go on. Now, there might be more of a question is, well, does that mean we're going to have a second way? And we'll give you that information as we move forward. All right. But right now, that question of whether or not the American consumer is going to come out, that question's for the most part, been answered. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's, it's such, a, such an important point, Steve, and you draw back to when we were questioning that, wondering that, you know, the people science of it, when people, you know, felt comfortable there. I want, I want to go back to a, um, a quote here that we pulled by Dr. Frank uh, from CoreLogic, and he says, it's interesting here to kind of look back, for the, la for the first six decades after World War II, the housing sector led the rest of the economy out of each recession expected to do so this time as well. Interesting quote there, looking back at history and, and even what our recollection is in the last you know, 20 years of, of the housing market and recessions, heavily influenced by that. But when we look back in history, we see that. I also would add to that that uh, Robert Dietz has a quote here from the National Association of Home, Home Builders. As the economy begins to recover later in 2020, we expect housing to play a leading role Housing enters this recession underbuilt, not overbuilt. We talked a lot about this on the front end of the differences between here and 2008, but, but the reality of today. 
And he goes on further to say, based on demographic and current vacancy rates, the U.S. may have a housing deficit of up to 1 million units. And we know that deficit will, you know, continue upward pressure on pricing, certainly across the country. That's going to vary from, from you know, city, state to state, um, price point to price point. But I, I think the, the, the point there of looking at, we are, are in an undersupply right now, started the year very, very strong. And as we come back online and we're seeing that start to happen, we should expect that to, to continue on into the second half of the year as they talk about um, economic recovery. So, so I want to remember, remember what we've been saying, all right? We, we said that we can't wait for the cavalry. We are the cavalry. Understand that that's what the economists are now saying. Mm -hmm. We're going to come back, the country's going to come back when we come back. And you guys are doing a phenomenal job. I'm so proud when I see every one of your videos, when I see all the stuff you're putting out on social media, I catch so much of it. it it's, it's remarkable. You, the credibility you're building in your marketplace is going to last for the next 10 years. In the toughest of times, you stepped up. You didn't disappear. What Tom has taught you, what David has given you, the great content for those things, you have built a level of credibility that you can't blow for the next 10 years if you try to blow it. That's phenomenal. And now it's bringing the U.S. economy back. Part of the reason people are saying that this thing's going to come back quicker is because we showed them, yes, you can. 3% of houses sold without anybody getting into it last year. 31% of housing selling is now. People have, we adopted that technology. We adopted that innovation, that ingenuity. And we're, we're giving promise to every other industry that that could happen. And let's, let's, David, let's show them what they're doing because the numbers are remarkable. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think going to that, Steve, we, we use this quote in the past, you know, that evidence is mounting that home buyers may be coming back to the market. And, and, and I want to kind of hop through a couple of things here. Uh, reminder, uh, Tom, you mentioned it on the front end of this, the showing time information, yep. continuing to see, uh, you know, across North America, more and more people say we want to look at that uh, home. We want to uh, get out and do something. We, 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 you know, had to put those plans on pause for a little while, but now we're ready to do that and continue to see that grow as we go forward. And, I'll and bring in a, a quick leave quote it there, Leave it there for a second, David. Okay. One more thing. Look at that graph one more time. What we told you 30 days ago was if we work real, real hard, give a 90-day commitment, make a 30-day plan. Remember we said I talked about 90-day commitment, 30-day plan. And at the end of the 90 days, what did we say was going to happen? That we're going to be in a good place or we're going to break out. Look at where that arrow is now compared to January. Ladies and gentlemen, we're about to go into our spring. It's going to be late. It's going to be hotter and warmer. But we're about to go into our spring market it's probably going to take us three weeks for everything to settle out. And I might have been off by about a week or Davis projections might have been off for by about 10 days. But guess what, ladies and gentlemen, we're back, baby. We're back. So, Steve, I got to jump in here, guys. I mean, we talked about this last week. And if you, for all my friends out there, the Tom Ferry Show, all of our pivot training, what are we saying to you right now? This is the time. You got to sit down if you're married or you got a cat or a kids, you need to say, May, June, July, August, September. 
I need to put my head down, list every house I can, sell as many properties as possible. I'm telling people literally, you're going to make a fortune May through September and closings October, November, December by really committing to take more listings right now. This is how you do your part. So I wanna see in the comments, how many of you were absolutely committed to May, June, July, August, September, October, to talk to your family, to talk to your loved ones, to let your coach know that you are going to double and triple down on your efforts and be a part of the solution. I wanna see it in the comments, my friends. And then David, let's keep going yeah. back to the slides. Yeah, absolutely, Tom. So let's, I wanna bring in a quote, and I'm gonna end with a couple of things that are really, really interesting and good news kind of going forward. Uh, the first is this quote from uh, the chief economist at Zillow. Um, I think the technical title is senior principal economist, but she says, many sellers with the flexibility to delay or temporarily remove listings have opted to do so. We know that. Perhaps waiting out the uncertainty. Now that more buyers are in the market, those sellers are waiting back in, joining those who had remained motivated to sell for any number of reasons. So when, when we look at that data, we, we're starting to see new listings taken year over year start to, 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 to make this creep up, okay? And we, we, we see that, that pivot there in that blue arrow from a uh, realtor.com uh, study. And then I wanna bring in a, a Zillow study as well. Zillow showing that new listings are up and pending sales are increasing uh, week over week. So we, we talked about this, like, like you said, Steve, several weeks back, we started talking about showing time. We said, hey, we're starting to see some, some of the initial signs of some, some things that we wanna see and can confirm if they're trends. And, and we're starting to see that. And being out there in the market, being out there this week and realizing that's where people are, uh, you know, are, are heading. And as we turn to this look to say, okay, what's in front of us? What's coming in the second half of the year? We're going to bring this to you. And, and I want to say one thing before I turn it back over to you, Tom, you mentioned it on the front end. The, the KCM team has worked so hard to give this information to you now in shareable social graphics. And, and if you're a KCM member, you can go in, you've got, got, uh, uh, the opportunity to, to check those out as a member. If you're not a member, go check it out because we want to equip you right now to be able to deliver this socially and get the news out in the market. So a lot of good information as we make this turn and we look forward to what is happening and what is you, you know going to be in the second half of this year. So David, and again, you know, I'm super proud of you guys. I can't believe you guys didn't do that before, but the good news is you know, I know for all my friends out there, they're longtime KCM members. They're like, yeah, baby, right? <laughs> it's branding it back to you guys. So Absolutely. I want to I just talk about just something that I brought up to you all last week. So I was, as I mentioned, I was on the earnings call for both Redfin and Zillow. And, you know, sitting and listening to, you know, both CEOs talk about what they're seeing in the marketplace, what the data is. But the thing that stood out above all for my friends in the U.S., listen up. Both said, we stopped buying houses because we were fearful. And both said, separately, we are buying houses again. Now, you have to ask yourself this question. If Zillow or Redfin is publicly traded companies, and we know others are following suit, if they're jumping back in to start buying houses the way they were before, what does that tell you? 
Now, first of all, I know it probably pisses you off. You're like, wait a minute, those are my opportunities. I know, but now more than ever, you better be prospecting, you better be following up, you better be doing all the things we talked about last week and every subsequent week of Pivot and Tom Ferry show, that now more than ever, we gotta go hard because the reality is those companies are not gonna buy an asset that's going down in value as the person says to you, but I keep thinking the prices are gonna go down and we're in 2007, 8, 9 to 10 again. You say, I understand what you're saying and I'm not sure what data points you're looking at, but were you aware that both Zillow and Redfin just publicly came out and said, they're gonna buy those homes and then they're gonna put money into them and then they're gonna sell them. Do you think they're gonna buy them homes going down, put money into them and then sell it for less? Do you think that that's what these publicly traded companies, their CEO, their board, their shareholders would allow them to do, right? This is a call to action for everybody. We have got to get back to work. We got to commit, as I said, May, June, July, August, September, October, because as we mentioned last week, Stephen, I would love for you to just maybe shed a little light on this before we wrap it up. This is going to be a very tumultuous presidential election. You need to figure out how you're gonna help as many people as you can in a five month window and go hard. Cause Steve, what do you think's gonna happen come end of October, beginning of November and probably into December because of the election? So, so, so let's talk about that first a brief second. And I'll, I'll, I'll send, I can't name the name of the company cause they won't let me, I asked them to. But early on a hedge fund from Manhattan called me and they were putting a half a billion dollars into residential construction. And they called me just as this thing was taking place and said, listen, uh, you know, Mr. Harney, do you think we should do this? Or do you think we should pull our mon money? So my first question was like, how'd you get my number? <laughs> but the, uh, somehow they got my number and they gave me a buzz and I said, no, go, don't let the fear stop you. This thing is, we're going to be able to come out of this thing really, really well. And I gave them the data and the stats. And this was back in March. That same company called me yesterday saying, thank you for the advice, because they told me they were going to go ahead. Thank you so much for the advice, because we would have lost an opportunity that we didn't have. So it's not just them, uh, Zillow and Redfin. A lot of people that are investing in the real estate business in very, very big ways are saying, you know what? This is back, baby. Let's, let's, let's ride this thing. Now, that being said, what, what would I do if I was an agent right now? Because I think that's really the question you're asking, like, how would I look at it? Yep. This is what I know. Is it possible that we're going to have a second wave in October? Yes, it's possible. I'd be an idiot not to say that. It's also possible that Martians are going to attack us. It's also possible we're going to get hit by an asteroid and the whole world is going to get destroyed. So it's real hard for me to say, well, on really, really bad case scenarios, what's going to happen? Because, well, how bad do you want it to be? Well, let's assume a second wave happens and it causes people to back up again. That means we have from now until October, to book business, baby. Book it hard, all right? Because if something is going to happen in the second wave, let's get in front of that and spend the next five months preparing for it. The first wave that happened in March, that caught us blind. I get that. We had a scurry. A lot of people didn't have as many deals and contracts as they would have had if they knew they weren't going to get paid for 90 days. All right? Now you know that that's a possibility. So worst case scenario, there's a second wave. Build your business now so you can get through that second wave. If that second wave doesn't happen, you have had maybe the best year you've ever had in your career as you follow it through. Contentious election in November. This is what history has shown us. History has shown us that from the end of October through the end of November, just about, 
there is a delay in the number of people that put houses into contract because they're distracted. This year, I think that delay, normally, on a normal year, November is a month that we lose about 9%. Like, if it's not a month that a lot of people buy houses, the number of houses that sell go down about 9% every November, seasonally. During the election year, that drops to 15%. So we get an additional 6% drop in November. This November, maybe that's going to be 20%. Because it's going to be really distracting. But in every presidential election, what we, they found doing the data, those numbers increase after the election in December and January. So again, those houses are put on pause. So what would I suggest you do real strongly right now is I would work hard as I could work. Like you just said, I would get rid of the cat. No, I shouldn't say that. That's a horrible thing to say. But I would definitely pay less attention to the cat. I, I might argue I'd get rid of my family right now, put them someplace where they can't bother me and just work real, real hard right now. You have to book as much business as you can. You want to get in front of your competition. There are some people still crawling out from under their bed right now saying, oh, you mean it's getting better? I better start working. You guys have been working for 90 days. You've been filling that pipeline, close that pipeline, continue to nurture those leads all the way, close what you can until October. And then even if nothing happens, you might want to take a breather and then go again in November, uh, December, and work again, all right? Again, worst case scenario, things are gonna get delayed. That's all that is, okay? So everyone calm down. But I will tell you, if you don't wanna make sure that you don't have to worry about worst case scenario, bust your chops from now until October. What Tom is telling you to do, what David is giving the information to do is fine. And part of the reason, and Tom is being too nice to you, the, the, the part of the reason we're doing this every two weeks, you don't need this now. You got, you got your act together. You're going to need it every two weeks, and then we'll probably make it to one. You got your act together. Don't worry about, is everything going to be okay? And I know you get that, that fix every Friday. I get that. Everything's going to be okay as long as you work. So now take this time every Friday that you would spend with us that hour and prospect that hour. You'll get a good return on that, and we'll see you the next Friday. Okay. Steve, I love it. Look at everybody that knows me knows if you know, you row right now. And if you don't know, you don't know. <laughs> you don't know. But all of us, I'm looking in the comments and people are like, row, row, row. So David, uh, I did see a couple comments. We posted to the very top of this, guys, where you can get all the, uh, the KCM slides and everything. Make sure you just go to the top of all the comments. I would challenge everybody, share this with a few people. Um, let's keep getting the good word out, right? Let's keep getting the good word out. And uh, David, kind of closing thoughts, and I'm going to share one last thing, and then we'll, we'll let them get out to their Friday. Yeah, I, I think, you know, Tom, I'm looking out my window here. It's Friday afternoon in Virginia. It's beautiful, um, and, and hopefully it's beautiful across the country. The question is, what are we going to do with the weekend? What are we going to do with people that are out there now thinking, I'm going to wait in, I'm going to list my home, I'm ready. How are we going to start those conversations? And so I, my hope is that, that you can use these facts, use those conversations, whether you use the graphic or not, or you just have that or post a video on social saying, what are you thinking? What do you want to do differently in your house now that you've been in it for 60 days? You know. Yeah. And that's exciting. That's the point we're at where we start to look forward. And I'm excited about when we come back in two weeks to say, okay, what are we looking at as we start to look at more things going forward? 
I agree, David. And I would challenge everybody to today, maybe send an email out to every person in your database, right? Something to the effect of either ready options. One, hey, are you curious about the value of your home as we go through COVID? Right? Are you curious? And schedule, as I recommended last week, a 15 or 20 minute you know, conversation via Zoom. Update the people that matter most. Don't let someone else be the one that educates them. Right? You need to protect what is yours, and that is the trust and the relationships that you've established with so many people inside your database. The second one, easy. I taught this three years ago, and it's even better today. Go into Instagram and do a poll, right? You know, you do a poll where they can go yes or no, and you just say, with everything happening in the world, question, are you living in your dream home now, yes or no? Are you living in your dream home now, yes or no? Now, if you just stop there, you can immediately pick up your phone and say, I just did a little impromptu survey on Instagram. Would it shock you to hear that 81% of the people I asked, right, out of the 350, 81 said, no, they're not living in their dream home now. And I'm curious for everyone watching this show, what would it take to make your existing home a dream home for you? And you know what you're going to find? The vast majority of people are going to say, I can't. I need more room. I need less room. I need an office. I need a better garage. I'm having a baby. I got my mother-in-law living with me. But if you really want to kill it on Instagram, behind that, are you living in your dream home now? Have the next slide say, have you had any thoughts of trading up or trading down in 2020 or 2021. And just like that, you'll find one or three or five listing opportunities and it took you nothing but just going on Instagram. So my friends, we'll see you in two weeks. Keep rowing, keep rowing. And if you don't know, you get it. Row, get on the phone and help people. God bless you guys and my partners. I appreciate you a ton. You're the best. Enjoy your weekends. We'll see you guys in two weeks. Take care. If you want more information about this episode, including my show notes, mentions, links, and everything else, make sure you visit tomferry.com slash podcast. That's tomferry.com slash podcast. Thanks again and talk to you soon.